heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today on this Tuesday morning, the 9th of May. A very good morning to everybody. Ben Dobbin with you this morning and there is so much going on around our state. The big issue this morning is everybody's a bit cold. It is cold, cold, cold. Whether or not you're in Rockhampton, whether or not you're in Mount Isa, it is so cold. Um, And look, we will catch up with and give you some updates on all the weather as we speak, we do need some rain. There's no two ways about that. Uh, frost everywhere this morning as you wake up. David Chrisafulli will join us this morning. We'll catch up with Simon Irwin, the Beef Australia CEO. We'll also talk with Georgie Somerset, Ag Force President. So we want to catch up with a lot of that. Jane McNamara will do- join us as well, um, the Flinders Shire Council Mayor. Um, obviously, there's lots going on in her neck of the woods as well. If you've missed any of our shows, you can always get in contact with us and listen to us. Go to Spotify and search Rural Queensland today. That's there. But a very good morning to everybody through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longreach, 4GC Charters Towers, and the Hot Country Network. A very good morning to you. Uh, so much to get through, and my email is ben.dobbin at ruralqldtoday.com.au. You can get in contact with me if you like. So much to get through this morning. David Chrisafulli joins us next. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. It is Tuesday morning, the 9th of May, on Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. It's the 9th of May. Uh, LNP Opposition Leader David Christofulli is joining us this morning. David, uh, I talked to you from Cairns. Regional Parliament is taking place at the moment um, and there is a lot going on in this state. There's sailings everywhere you look in service delivery and, and, and people in rural Queensland know it better than anyone. I was with uh, Bryson Head, uh, the member for Calide and, and Ros, our Shadow Health Minister the other day in Gladstone. 300 days, mate, 300 days of women not being able to have a baby in a city the size of Gladstone. Think about think about what Gladstone gives to the economy of this state. It keeps the lights on yeah. and they can't even give women there a service to be able to have a baby. And I, I, met, a, I met a young woman there, Gabriella, who told her story about um, having a, a stillborn baby in Rocky and having to go to Spotlight by box to take the baby home. Mate, this is, this is Queensland. This is Queensland in 2023. Unbelievable. Um, uh, mate, is, is it any wonder I get out of bed in the morning with a fire in my belly because our state deserves a whole lot better and, and people in rural and regional Queensland understand that better than anyone, mate. You're certainly right. And, and that's the thing that people don't understand. I mean, We've heard every which way, every possible excuse, every chance to fix it, yet nothing changes. I mean, we're close on a year now and and the babies don't stop being born. And they have to go up the road and, and, and they have to go up the road to Rockhampton. I mean, at what point is there a fatality or, or a death or, or something of the, the catastrophic nature for them to wake up and make change? Or yeah, people are leaving. People are leaving Gladstone. They're leaving the regions because of this. The people are saying, you know what? I can't. We can't live here. Hey, guys, we we love regional Queensland. We we just can't live here. And what does that do to the economy when we lose people out of the regions? We fail. Now the the health services, it's just not there. We've got councils such as the Tambo Blackhall Council, they're having to do their own advertising campaigns 
taking it off their own back with their own money to try and get uh, GPs, doctors to their towns, to entice young men and women to come to that area. It's not the responsibility of a council. It never has been. It's the It lies dead set on the Premier and the, the farcical situation that has gone on with the health, and she won't sack you at death. She just won't do it. And it's like she has something or the unions are telling her or she's a puppet to the unions and they're saying you are not to do this. It's just disgusting. Well, let's do a shopping list of accountability full stop. So you've got a vet Darth who presided over the worst ambulance ramping, blowouts of surgical waiting lists, mum's not being able to have a baby in Gladstone, um, it just absolute places like Claremont that haven't had a doctor for five years. Somebody signed up to go there and then Queensland Health under her watch was so clunky they couldn't get the deal over the line, right? So you've got a, a, a myriad of, of things that are happening. Queensland is dying for ambos, so there's the health system. Yep. On infrastructure, you've got every project that Mark Bailey oversees somehow finds a way of blowing out in time and budget. We've now got $10 billion in overspends. That's not $10 billion in projects. That's $10 billion in cost overruns, the vast majority of which are under his watch as Transport Minister. You've got Mark Ryan, who has told the, the state that he's going to deliver 1,450 police officers this term. We are halfway through. They've gone backwards by 12. Now, unless something magical happens in the next 18 months, that commitment, not only is it not going to be met, but it just lies in tatters. You've got people like Shannon Fentiman who have overseen the weakest youth justice and law and order issues that are just running a hole through this state. I went to Maryborough the other day where a community was coming to terms with the loss of three women, allegedly at the hands of a 13-year-old yeah. behind the wheel of a stolen car. It's and, just and terrific. Them yeah. and, and, and the words were real reform and we want people to be held accountable. But, but, but all of this, no one is responsible. Stephen Miles can sign a contract for $220 million on a facility that we don't own and barely use and hand the keys back at WellCamp. Um, you know, don't don't blame the people who put the deal together. Blame the silly state government who signed checks because they just don't respect money. But no one gets held accountable. The premier doesn't have a harder and hit her heart in it anymore. It's just she just doesn't burn for the job, and you're seeing that everywhere you look. No question. The one area that I really would like to talk to you about, um, and you touched on it, is is youth crime. Um, the the number one police officer in this t- in this state has come out and said uh, somebody Katarina Carroll has, has somebody is going to die because what has happened in Rockhampton and it's not only happening in Rockhampton is people have had enough you know people have had enough and so there are groups vigilante groups who are coming together on Facebook on social media and they're taking matters into their own hands. Now, I don't condone it at all, but I understand it. I, I get how people can get to this point, and this is the worry now. The, the worry is that we're going to see more and more issues like what went on in Rockhampton. What I'll say about this is that there was nine police officers around some low-life's house, right? Why all these people were there standing out on Sunday afternoon wanting to try and flush out an offender. Yet we, 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 we see all this drama going on all the time, break-ins with people with machetes. I was talking to the um, police officers in Toowoomba. They said people just come in there in the houses with the machetes, so hand your keys over. At what point does somebody just say, no, we're going to fight up? And then 
there will be a, a fatality. There's going to be dramas and it just escalates. We have the biggest single problem going on in this state out of any other states and that is the youth crime issue and it will not be fixed under this government. You nailed it, mate. And the thing that annoys me most is every time the Premier's backed into a corner, she goes, oh, this is an issue everywhere. Uh, no, sorry. The RACQ just put out their survey, which shows that Queensland is the car theft capital of the country in raw numbers. Now, our population is dwarfed by places like Victoria and New South Wales. We are the crime capital for car theft in the country. We've got more young offenders than anywhere else. Nearly 40% of all youth offenders are in Queensland. So let's just park that nonsense at the door. How do we know why the problem started? Well, you go back to what happened when they were elected in 2015. The first thing they did, and they boasted about it, was they watered down the Youth Justice Act. They yeah. watered it down. Now, yeah. that on the, on the back of that, you've got a generation of repeat hardcore offenders who know that their rights are greater than the rights of the victim. Now, uh, for two years, I spoke about breach of bail and the need for consequences for actions. For two years, they mocked and derided me. Finally, at the 11th hour, they adopted our policy word for word. They didn't even change the comma in our legislation. But without the following, that's only going to be one small step forward. Without more police to actually enforce those bail conditions, and I just pointed out we got less coppers now than two years ago. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Without that, Without consequences for actions embedded throughout the Youth Justice Act, without unshackling the judiciary, and that starts by removing this absolute nonsense of detention being the last resort, that is just that is just mind-numbingly stupid, and without getting serious about early intervention and trying to turn kids around before they're holding a knife and before they're ramming and torting police cars, nothing's going to change. And you're dead right. This mob don't understand it. They don't feel it. They don't listen the way that they, they once did and they'll be 10 years in power at the next election and they want 14 years in power. Mate, uh, I think Queenslanders are starting to wake up to what this government's about. It's about them. It's about political survival. It's not about the survival of mums and dads who are just trying to do their business. You resisted the urge to attack Campbell Newman with a, a very, very ordinary um, set of comments that he's come out with. I mean, I, I can say this, David, and I understand, and you've worked together with him. But I mean, the Liberal Democrat has who who is Campbell Newman and who he stands for now. I mean, he had an opportunity to change this, and he absolutely, in three years, went way over the top, driven by ego, and we're in the mess that we are now because he couldn't just take his time and be patient. He had to make all changes against the advice that he copped and. For him to come out, it's not helpful uh, a year out from an election when you're doing a phenomenal job and we're seeing these issues crop up every day to have um, the disgruntled person who would have liked to have st- still been in this seat um, upset and, and, and throwing shade. Now, it's just ridiculous. Uh, Dobbo, thanks for your comments, mate. They mean a lot. I, I, look, I, we reformed um, the party. We're united. We're focused. Um, He's chosen to join another political party, but I, I don't want to return serve and, and make condemning comments about him. I, I don't wish him any harm. I really don't. I, I want your listeners to know that I've got one focus, and that focus is making sure that good government comes to the people of this state. And I'm from the land. I know what this government has done to people on the land. I've lived in regional Queensland. 
I understand all parts of this state and people are yearning for change. And my focus has to be not criticising others. My focus has to be showing people why the government is checked out of doing its job, why people in small and family business and people on the land have never had it tougher, always new taxes, always new regulations. They need to understand my focus about fixing services. When you pick up the phone, when government changes, AMBOs will arrive because we'll fix the health system and make sure that ambulance ramping of 41% ain't there anymore. When you pick up the phone because some young cretin's in your house, there's going to be blue uniforms and laws to back them up. Your kids are going to be able to own a home because we'll work with councils to deliver the infrastructure and deliver a few social housings for those who are the most vulnerable. I want national parks to be enjoyed by people, not by feral pigs and weeds. That's service delivery. And in, with integrity, I can promise people we are not going to be the dodgy, shady mob that this mob are. And that's my focus. And every second that I spend talking about other things other than what I want to deliver for this state is wasted time. So I don't, you know, I don't criticise others. I row my own boat, and I hope Queensland is seeing I'm feeding them about delivering change. What are you expecting from tonight? I just want an acknowledgement that when you bring regional parliament to an area that you listen to people and when the budget is handed down federally, uh, I want us, and we are in Cairns, I want us to be able to talk to people on the ground about what is in it and what's not in it. And um, there's some projects that we are told might be on the chopping block that were funded and I don't like that. If uh, governments make commitments, one of the hallmarks of our democracy is that you have good continuity in government. Now, there's been many projects that um, have been mooted, and I'm not going to step in and and speculate, but if those projects aren't there tonight, I will be the first to squeal um, because those projects define our state. If you're going to grow, growth can only happen on your terms when you deliver infrastructure ahead of it. So uh, I'll I'll be having an eagle eye on the federal budget. Um, but we are also sitting here in Cairns, mate, and I, I want to make sure that people in regional Queensland get listened to as well. Yeah, wonderful to chat, um, and, mate, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. LNP uh, leader and leader of the opposition, uh, David Christofulli, on this Tuesday morning. Uh, the parliament is in the regions at the moment up in Cairns, and there is he is our leader who is obviously and hopefully going to change the fortunes of Queensland moving forward. Thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you, mate. Cheers. We'll take a break on Rural Queensland today. Come back 9th of May, Tuesday morning, uh, budget day on Rural Queensland today. On Rural Queensland today, it is the 9th of May. You're with Ben Dobbin across Queensland. Beef Australia CEO Simon Irwin joins us this morning, and it has been marked now as one year away from Beef Australia. Uh, it was very big. Murray Watt joined Beef Australian board in Rockhampton to mark the start of the official countdown um, which is just awesome. Um, 12 months away. Still lots of work to be done, but we are getting closer to beef 2024. Simon Irwin joins us this morning. Simon, good morning. How are you, mate? Dobbo, really well. And you? Not bad at all. Um, I couldn't be happier, in fact. And, and geez, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, for you blokes, it's a, it's a lot of work. Um, 12 months away, it just starts to ramp up and it continues, but there's systems in place and obviously there is a, a, a lot going on uh, through Rockhampton and around the around the globe, as you try to prepare for this amazing event. But twelve months out, um, last time you guys ran, there was COVID and it, it, there was a small window, and we just got lucky. This time, fingers crossed, everything plays out as business as usual, and 
it's going to be bigger and better than ever before. Yeah, well, today, Dobbo, we actually launch our international program. So that was the, if there was one thing that was missing from the 2021 event, it was the international visitors. So normally we'd have, oh, you know, 12, 1500 registrations and then a heap of people come that don't register. Whereas last, last time we had two busloads, you know, it wasn't, um, it, uh, people had to quarantine for a fortnight and then they had to quarantine when they went back home. So the international program was non-existent virtually. But we, we launched that today, which is um, on our website. We've put up um, you know, leaflets or you know, a brochure in a few languages that we uh, will encourage people to send around the place. And we kick off a handshakes program, which I know you know about, which yeah. is where we link up um, businesses in Australia who want to do business with people overseas. So we take people who want to buy stuff from overseas and people who want to sell stuff in Australia and match them up so that we have a heap of meetings go on. One of the things about beef, it's not about looking, it's about trade outcomes as well. We're particularly keen to see you know, good commercial outcomes because that's the benefit of the entire beef community. Um, the the- the international guest, do you know any sort of ballpark sort of number on how many you'll get? Uh, I, I, I suppose it's, it's a little difficult considering last year there was none, last time there was none, but I, I'm, I'm interested to know what the expectation is. Well, we tried to do it a bit different. We set ourselves the internal target of having 10,000 connections. Now, some, many of those, most of them will be online. Uh, because one of the problems we face, I don't know if you've tried to get an airfare anywhere overseas at the moment, uh, but you've got to uh, mortgage your house and hand over the firstborn to do it, uh, and there's just not a lot of flights. So we're, we're, we're a bit unsure. However, with Beef TV, uh, which will be new this time round, we hope to be able to get the message of Beef. We want to be able to stream the cattle competition so people can see the best of the Australian genetic uh, in a in live. Uh, we'll want to, uh, you know, stream the symposium. We'll have interviews. We'll, we'll do all those sorts of things so that we can open it up internationally. But it'll be great to see, you know, a thousand people come back if we can. Because the, the thing in Rocky, of course, it's always the accommodation is the thing that we're working on now. If there's one thing that keeps me awake at night, it's um, Bloody accommodation. Find, finding enough places for people to stay. So, yeah, I get yeah, it. I well, get it completely. Um, and look, there is stuff still around, but gee whiz, you have to be quick. Mate, um, yeah. the dignitaries, and, and we talk about, you know, support, and we've all got our, our gripes with different parts of government, but one thing I will say is that um, collectively – both whether or not it's been the LNP, whether or not it's been the Liberal Party, um, the Nationals or Labor, there is a collective support for this event. There, There is – and Murray, what, whatever side you, you, you look at, you know, he has been very, very much so a huge part as well as Mark Ferner in this event. Oh, yeah, and locally too, Tony Williams and the Rockhampton Regional Council. So we're actually fortunate enough to have the – the full support of three levels of government. And when when you're talking beef, that support runs across multiple government agencies. So obviously sure. Department of Ags are the, the main ones, but after Beef 2021 won the best festival and event, we get great assistance from the Queensland Department of Tourism, Innovation and Sport. 
for instance. So we're not only a cattle event now, but we're a tourism event. And that recognition means that we can reach out to other people for help. So when we're doing our seminar program and symposium and property tours and yeah, you, know, you, you know what it's like oh. when you're up here. That there's a fair bit going on, um, but we can we can draw on the expertise and the the experts are around, so that we can genuinely say, "Come to this, and you'll see the best that Australia has to offer." There, there, there's no two ways about it. Um, it's becoming global, uh, and the connections with the city. I mean, that's something, Simon, that you bring to this. That in the past, it, it not that it hasn't had it, but the importance of the connection between the city and the bush and and the corporate the corporate connections. Um, gone are the days where there's the divide. There are many people highly successful that have a foot in both camps and you're about bringing them together and if they aren't together, making them aware. Yeah, and I think that's it. And I think people um, are waking up that when you're looking for a job in agriculture now, you don't need a Barcoos poly and a set of dinner hobbles. No. You need you need a degree in genetics or in avionics or or you know genomics or or whatever. Um, it's the breadth of technology and high technology that's in ag now has just opened it up to so many more people. So. When you look at, um, you know, we're, we're trying to work in so that our education program will be for people who are in grade 10, 11, 12 as a pathway to employment in ag because you, you, we want people who are you – know, ag is so corporate now. You can be a lawyer and work for a large agricultural firm. You can be – they need accountants. They need HR people. They need – you know, it's really, really different than um, – being able to, uh, you know, break in half a dozen brumbies on the weekend, no, which, is, which is still it's still the heart of ag. Yeah, there still is still many people, people wanting to do that, but it, 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 there yeah. there is a place for the other as well. Now, you look, the, count, the countdown is on uh, May fifth to eleventh. Uh, it doesn't get any bigger than that. Um, Beef Australia twenty twenty four. I know there's some launches in the coming weeks, um, and that that's going to be a big integral part of it all as well. Really appreciate your time this morning, and thank you so much for being with us. Thanks very much, Dobbo. Talk soon. Good on you, Simon Irwin, CEO of Beef Australia. How bloody exciting is that? We're going to take a break on rural Queensland today. Come back and talk with Georgie Somerset. She's not far away. It's budget day. What do ag force and what is on their wish list? This is rural Queensland today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Uh, let's continue down the road. It's an important day. Uh, Ag Force President Georgie Somerset joins us this morning. Georgie, uh, good morning. How cold at home this morning for you? Oh, good morning, Ben. Yep, well, look, winter has arrived. You, know, you wait for that frost to come, but it's still a shock when it hits you, doesn't it? But, yeah. um, it had to happen. Burn Down was last weekend, so it was surprising not to get a frost before Burn Down. Yeah, well, um, I mean, yeah, burn down. That's normally the the, the marker. Um, I mean, seasonally wise, how are you guys faring? Oh, look, we had a really dry summer, and and so got a bit during autumn. It's look, it's okay, but it's not fabulous. And you know, surface water, just just a bit of an interesting season. But look, every season is different, and you just have to roll with it. So, you know, people are, are flat out weaning. Um, around here at the moment, and uh, it would it would be really nice to just get a bit of a change to come through and get a couple of inches, you know, to set us up in winter. Yeah, it certainly would be, um, and, and something that everybody um, everybody is hoping for across Queensland. 
A lot of mm. people hoping as well is that we're not forgotten. David Littleproud came out yesterday and said he believes that we are going to be the forgotten people of this budget. We know full well how how much this Labor government is trying to scramble to try and shift money around and the regions mm. look like the culprit. Are you concerned about what's going to be delivered tonight? Oh, look, okay, we, we really need some funding for things. You know, it, things like biosecurity just take significant um, investment and we need to be on the front foot. We need to be prepared. We need to be ready. And it does take a national leadership around those sorts of things. And I look at roads, um, the, the piece around the environment, you know, natural capital, all those sorts of things. These are these are big ticket items that we really need support with. So I am, um, yeah, look, I'll, I'll be like everyone else at 7.30 and getting a briefing after that to hear what response we get because we really do need to, you know, there's, there's a range of things, you know, migration, workforce, it can go on. Um I suspect we'll lose things like the instant asset write-off, which was only scheduled to go to the end of this June. Um, things like that have been really useful for ag and for all sizes of businesses and also for rural communities to, to really drive a bit of investment in capital. So it, it goes from those really big ticket items like biosecurity, um, roads, environment, through to some of the really small things about how do we support you know our home tutors and um you know, what, what's happening around mental health funding and those sorts of things. So we've got you kind of talking the billions and then you're talking the millions and the thousands. And, and I've, I've got, um, I think like you, there's a, a real challenge to balance things. I mean, we all balance our budgets every year and we work really hard towards it. One of the challenges, I think, is that for all of us, that, you know, labour and cost of wages is just, um, it, it's not stopping. And where the work price index finishes this year it's going to be a real challenge for all businesses and that has a flow-on effect to all of us because if the WPI is high, then that flows through to all our manufacturing and all our goods and supplies as well, So, as well as our own employment. So there's some real challenges, I think, in the next 12 months. So I'm just really hopeful that tonight we might get some things around those big ticket items at the very least, Ben. Yeah, that's the one as well. Um, that's what you would you would really hope that – that there's some understanding that it's needed. That that to me, Georgie, you know, and you talk about biosecurity. We, we've seen countless, countless men and women pulled out of the regions, whether the, there was de- departments in these regional towns. We've seen less and less funding for it and the threat is so much higher. Yeah. Um, the dramas in and Indonesia aren't a- going away. They're just not. Yeah, Look, and it needs to be a federal-state partnership. Um, we're certainly talking to the state and, you know, state budget will be next month and um, we need more funding for people in the regions and whether we need to think differently about how people are employed in the regions so it's attractive to, to work for the department but maybe it's not, um, you know, and you're not a full-time dedicated biosecurity. I don't know, but we need to keep thinking about different ways that um, people get attracted to come and work in our regions and, and actually, how we invest in the regions, I think, is a big thing for tonight as well. Um, you know, there are housing challenges to actually, once we get people who want to come and work, there's, there's the housing challenges. And we talk to our processes and how they attract people and keep people in the regions so that we can actually process what we've got. Um, you know, the roads is a big one. We're still getting things, and, and it's all sectors. So it's around the... Um, you know, I look at the northwest, and we're going to need to really invest in the northwest post the flooding. But just our 
the Warrego Highway, the Bruce Highway, you know, the, the big trunk routes that have got so much traffic on them. <clears throat> but they're our, they're our road to port. They're our road to processing. And we really need to keep them at a level where they're, they're functioning uh, for our heavy vehicles. Yeah, the, the the road funding seems to be the forgotten thing. Um, if you look at the Warrego, and I was out there last week, I, I still shake my head in disbelief how this can be the, the the major road and traffic from Brisbane to get to the territory, and how poor that road is. Yet we talk yeah. about the like it's almost laughable, Georgie. Mm. Well, and the real challenge, you know, when certainly the Warrego, I mean, it, and we're seeing it not hold up for as long. I think this is the other challenge is the making sure that when we do these roads that we actually get them right and we get the road base right because they're just not lasting as long as they used to last. We know how much traffic is on them, so we need to build them to suit that load. And then as soon as you get off those roads, so if you, you know, the challenge of coming up through the Burnett or um, out through Western Downs, you know, there's, there's some real challenges about getting things. If I look at the, the feedlots on the Western Downs and how they get to market and grain getting to port, um, we really haven't solved some of these things. And, and we need um, leadership around that road infrastructure um, regionally so that we can actually have that first mile, last mile that works efficiently and effectively. Yeah, well said. Um, and, 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 and look... This is something um, that we are going to keep our eye on. Um, obviously, there's some challenges. Are you disappointed? And, and I mean, it, it, it's a bit of a bit of a political minefield. This one. How disappointed with how the long reach system situation played out with the the pastoral college? It's not Ag Force's responsibility to have to take on training the youth. Um, that has never been what it was, and it now looks like it's been left in once again your hands. And you guys are doing it, but it was never ever intended that way. No, look, I'm, look when we when they finally settle the contract, um, I'm really hopeful that we can work with whoever the proponent is who owns the asset south of the highway. So obviously Rosebank and the campus. Um, we are stepping up to do the training. We just need industry relevant training. We need it to be accessible. We need it to be both in person and um, you know online and augmented. We need to be using whatever technologies we can. Um, we need to ensure that people who come to work for us are work ready and industry ready. Wasn't um, we, we? We just would love to work with whoever ends up with the campus um, because we do see it as a, an asset that can serve industry really effectively, and particularly the broadacre industry in Queensland. Uh, we don't have that sort of training facility. I look at Tokal and, and Marcus Oldham down south offering slightly different things, but. You know, down around, down around Hay, they've got a great program running for people in the wool industry. We don't have that in Queensland now. We've had a lot of investment in the TAFE along the coast. Horticulture, it's intensive. Um, it's it's not focused at our um, extensive grazing um, grain sectors. And we really do need that training. It's, it is, you can't just learn all of this on the job. You need people to be ready to work and it becomes more complex. We've got more responsibilities on us. So, I am really hopeful that when we when we find out, when everyone else finds out who has um, the control of the campus, that we can work with them um, and we, we will continue to commit to that. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, mate, uh, I think that the fact that you guys are identifying that and doing it uh, is really important. Thanks so much for being with us this morning, mate. 
Thanks, Ben. We'll wait to see what tonight holds. Good on you. We'll take a break, come back. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. You're with Ben Dobbin across rural Queensland today. We'll take a break, come back with more. Georgie Somerset there from AgForce. This is Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Flinders Shire Council Mayor Jane McNamara joins us this morning. Jane, good morning. How are you? I'm great, thank you. And you? All right. How's the temperature there this morning? <laughs> Dipping down towards the single digits, yes. Wow. <laughs> I a... guess it's giving us a little bit of a blast. It's ready for winter. Yeah, well, it's getting close, isn't it? Um, yeah, and, and lots going on. Lots going on in your neck of the woods, um, and you're always there as an advocate. But the budget wish list, um, we talked with Georgie Somerset and David Chrysofulli as well. I'm interested to know. I would think that roads and biosecurity would be at the top of your list. Well, roads definitely because um, at, by the time we finished the last $40 million that we were given by the previous co- coalition government on the Kennedy Development Road or the Han Highway, we will just have 11 kilometres left to seal and that will be a complete seal between um, Cairns and every capital city in Australia. So we're really hoping that that um, money, around about $25 million we need to complete the Kennedy Development Road for the bitumen and the realignment of an area called the White Mount, uh, White Cliffs, which is quite a steep um, little ravine and very difficult for triple road trains to negotiate. So we're hoping for that um, on roads. Uh, biosecurity, obviously, we're very uh, aware of um, imminent uh, foot and mouth or, or um, lumpy skin in particular in our area. So, yes, we would really love uh, more uh, field officers at least because God knows where they're going to come from if we have an outbreak in northwest Queensland. Look, I mean, you have some amazing things that take place in your neck of the woods um, through Hewitt, and you've been dotted completely in a couple of areas with irrigation and, and, and different things. But, uh, I mean, you cover almost 42,000 square kilometres, and yet there might not be there might not be the population. I think maybe, you know, if, we, if there's 2,000 people in that residence in, that, in those populations, but the money that it generates – the work and employment that comes out of your neck of the woods is quite unbelievable. And yes. I don't think that an acknowledgement is there from this state government, and I mean that, and from this federal government. They don't understand the importance of the Flinders Shire. They don't understand the importance of Huron and towns like that and, and what they actually do for the economy, and, and that's the big thing that's scary. And when we talk about the biosecurity, if you have a biosecurity breakout in, in the Flinders Shire, it, it it ain't getting control because it's not where, like it's not yeah. like a little suburb like in, in Paddington in Brisbane where you can just <laughs> shut it down. It, it, it's gone. That's right. And the other thing we really, really need um, is an upgrade to the Flinders Highway. Um, you know, for those um, for those cattle movements mainly from this area these days, um, and also the Northwest Minerals Province, we have vehicles going all the time. And for biosecurity, um, we're going to need more truck washers, um, definitely. Um, and it's really important that every town along the Flinders Highway has a decent um, setup for being able to do the uh, weed security as well as well as the um, the viral pet, um, animal biosecurity. 
So it's not just one thing. But Dobby, you're right. Um, for this Northwest Minerals province to be viable, every shire along this road, and I'm just not talking for my shire because I represent all of them with LGAQ, we need water. We need water out of the Flinders River. We need strategic water allocations. But also for the Flinders Shire, we are looking for an off-stream water storage. We already have commitment from the state government for that. And we need commitment from the federal government for the same amount of around $25.6 million. This is a small project, but for them to be able to do all this renewable energy in the Flinders Shire, which you know we're supposed to be the super hub of, the, um, of this copper string project, um, we need water. You don't build wind turbines without yeah. water because there's an Olympic-sized swimming pool of concrete at the base of every one of these structures and yeah. they need to have really good road infrastructure to and from the, um, the highways as well. So, you know, water is our number one um, along with roads. That's our main focus has been for this federal budget. So really, really important. And obviously, to get the mineral wealth out of the Northwest Minerals province, we need the Flinders Highway to be a tip-top shape, and it's certainly it, not. It's really simple what you're saying, Jane. I mean, it's not you're not asking for anything out of control. If you want to put the wind turbines and they want to get the energy sorted out, you've got to put these concrete bases in, and that needs water. You can't make concrete without water, and that means you've got to bring it in, and that means you need the roads right. It's a really, really – it's not like you're asking for something out of the box. No, no, and, and it, it, it all fits the, – the pieces of the jigsaw all fit together – but you must have that, and yet then you've got to have housing. <clears throat> but once again, <clears throat> you need water to build houses, and then once you have the houses, it'd be really nice if you could flush the toilet and have a have a shower at the end of a, a, a very busy day. So, you know, water is it really paramount to the success of Copper String and also the renewable energy super hub that's going to be featured in the uh, Flinders Shire. I feel in some ways you guys have been dotted a bit with this water situation. And there's been, like, <laughs> I mean, this, yeah, the, 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 the production wise and what could have been with the irrigation and with these dams. Oh, I mean, it's totally, not over. It, totally it's double. just ridiculous. Like, there, there is a, a way forward that Hewitt and the surrounding areas could have been the richest towns and what, what the Shire could have. I mean, you know, per year, there's, 20,000-plus visitors come through your towns. And yes. you just think about if you add water and the irrigation schemes and all this that would have taken place and the, and the and yet they just don't want to know about it. They do not want to do it and, and it's been detrimental long-term in the end. Oh, definitely. And the thing that um, amuses me a little, um, though it's too serious to be amused about, is that um, – they're talking about all the rare earths that are situated and will be um, mined along the Flinders Highway uh, from vanadium and, and different other um, items that are needed to, for everyone to have an electric kettle or a, or a cell phone or whatever. But the irony of it is you dig it out of the ground and you need water. So, you know, if people want all their latest gadgets and and gizmos um, in the uh, metropolitan areas, just think about northwest Queensland and the mineral-rich province that it is 
and it's our backyard that you're digging up to get these things. So it doesn't really matter whether it's coal or whether it's whether it's your rare earths. And they're rare, called rare earths for a reason because there's very few of them in the world. And we're digging them up and then throwing them away and, and creating landfills. So really got to get this right and we need to be recycling all of the solar panels and all of the wind turbines and make sure that that is part of the long-term plan because the last thing we need is for Western Queensland to be a graveyard for these things. You're dead right. Great to chat. Um, You are such an important part of the fabric of Queensland and as the Mayor of the Flinders Shire, you're doing a phenomenal job. Thank you so much for being with us, Jane McNamara. Hopefully tonight you get some relief. Uh, We'll be covering it no matter what and looking at it tomorrow on Rural Queensland. I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Good on you. Jane McNamara, Flinders Shire Mayor. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today. It is Tuesday morning, the 9th of May. You're with Ben Dobbin across Rural Queensland Today. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland today on the 9th of May. A very good morning to everybody listening to us across the Resonate Broadcast Network. And I hope you can stay out of this cold weather. Well, it is getting close to winter, but a cold snap it certainly is. Uh, Stay safe on the roads and when the wheat is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. Ray Hadley to join you next and we'll be back tomorrow morning from 9am across Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. You're with Ben Dobbin. Till next time. It's bye for now.